Hi guys, welcome to the safe space with Shannon. It's your girl Shannon, of course, and I am super excited. Number one, it's the first episode, whoop, whoop. and listen, we finally made it. The virtual couch is ready, and in true form and fashion, and in true Southern hospitality, we have a guest, and we're going to make sure that he feels comfortable enough to let his hair down and, and share his good wisdom with us on today. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Idris Bolton with us today. Jerese, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. How that are you? Is, that's great. I'm good. I'm super excited. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Me too. Yes. I've been we've been waiting on this moment. Um, I have rather been waiting on this moment because you are like, I wouldn't say a hidden gem, but you are. Like, because a lot of people know of you, but I just personally think the world should. And so we're going to help the people out today because we got a good topic. We have an amazing topic, actually. And we're talking about creating safe spaces for our men. Trees. Uh, yeah. You ready? Yeah, as ready as I can be. As <laughs> <laughs> ready as you'll ever be, huh? Yeah. Listen, it's gonna be awesome. So we're gonna jump right into it. So I personally, um, and I ain't gonna get into you know all that I feel because we'll be here all day. That's not the point of this. But I will just say a little piece. I personally feel that there are just not enough safe people, spaces for our men. And when I say our men, um, the men in our life, and when I say our, of course, I'm referring to women, um, but it's, I don't feel like there's enough safe spaces for the men in our life, like our brothers, our um, husbands, our uh, little cousins, our male cousins, our sons. I just don't feel like there's enough safe spaces for them. And so I, this is the topic. We're going to dive into this today because I feel it's a serious conversation that needs to be had. And I think that your perspective is going to be amazing on this. So I want to start off with um, talking about like, what is a safe space from my perspective? And then I'm going to throw it to you and you'll let me know um, from the male perspective, what a safe place is. And if I'm wrong, go ahead, Drew. you got the floor. You can tell me that uh, you was a little off right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, yes. Yeah. So I think personally, a safe space is um, someone that a man can come to. And I'm just talk about it from a relationship standpoint. OK, that's what we're going to take it today. I okay. think a safe place is someone that your husband or boyfriend or the man that's in your life that you have an interest in. Um, I think that. This, a safe place for that person is someone um, that they can come to and just be authentically themselves. Um, if that man is one, I mean, as a man who cries a little bit often, um, I think that a good safe space is a woman who can 
go to him and let him know like hey listen I don't see you as less of a man because you cry. Actually, I think that's healthy that you can express your emotion. I think that's healthy that you don't mind showing me this part of yourself. But I think um, a good safe space is someone that a man can go to and they're not afraid to show every part of themselves and fear being emasculated or telling them that they're less than or feeling like they can share a part of themselves but they can't share all of themselves they have their guard up because they feel like it's going to come back up later to be weaponized or used as something against them um yeah let me know is that kind of accurate is that not accurate yeah no you're on point you're going in the right direction and uh, to add to what you said i would say say our place where uh Truths are hard. Truths are not punished. Ooh. Um, what I mean by so like safe places are where you can tell your truth. You can tell you can tell your ugly truth, and it's not judged. It's a place where you can tell your ugly truth, and you're not beat down for it. You're not uh looked down for it. The, the reality of it is because we're talking about safe places for men. Men want a place because to be honest with this, as a man, we're some, we're the one that's supposed to be strong. We're supposed to, uh, uh, you know, we're supposed to be like the foundation of the household, the the backbone, the, you know, the one that holds everything up. But the reality of it is, we don't feel like holding everything up every day. And so on those days, when I don't, so by holding uh holding up the household, I need to be able to come to the woman that uh I love. And be able to really tell her, look, I'm feeling weak today. I feel like I can't make it. I feel like I can't do it. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. And so, in those moments, I don't need somebody to beat me down. I need somebody to encourage me. I need somebody to 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 to, to, to build me back up. I need somebody to remind me of who I am. And at the same time, when I'm using, when I'm being vulnerable, don't take my vulnerability and, and turn it into a sword. Ooh. And and I think that, that that's what that's what hurts people. That's what takes away the safe place. That's safe good. Place. And so when you take somebody when you take somebody vulnerable moment and you throw it in their face, you just turn it into a sword. You just stab that person. You, you just you just destroyed. So that safe box, you just crushed it. You know how they do construction when they knock down a building. That's what you just did. Wow. And I don't, I ain't trying to cut you off, but I got to make this point. I think the illustration that you just gave, like turning your vulnerability into a sword, I think that ooh, that that just hurt my heart. Um and I think that's where a lot of women misunderstand cuz in the heat of a moment and we usually see it in this context in the heat of a moment um like when truths are coming out within tough conversations usually we you know react out of emotion and the first thing we're thinking of because sometimes we lead with our emotion and we're thinking of well since this this conversation hurts so let me think of how I can hurt this man my man whichever context that is and we kind of take things from conversations that was shared with us and this is why you can x y and z this is why you're not getting here this is why this is not happening and I don't think we realize when we bring those moments back up like you said, it's crushed, 
but that is almost a guarantee that that door will never be open again. So we got past it. The man is replaying that in his mind because you're the woman who can speak life into him. You're the person that is connected to his heartstrings. So he's hanging on to what you're saying. And that part of him, you may never get back. Like you may never get it back. So once it's crushed, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think nine times out of 10, that door will probably never be open again. Um, It can be, but it's going to take work. But you got to think about when somebody take your vulnerability and use it against you, you're what? You're hurt. You're disappointed. You're offended. I'm right? afraid. Right, you're offended. Like that, that they would yes. do that. And what? And something the Bible says. It says that uh, a person that's offended is hard to win back. Like that's true. Like the Bible says that when like it's hard to win somebody back once they're offended because. They, they 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 dropped every guard that they had and felt like they could just put their head on your shoulder, and pretty much your shoulder just became a bunch of spikes. <gasps> oh my goodness! And so now the place where I thought I was going to get healing, you making me bleed more. <sighs> and so Therese. if so. You're supposed to be putting band-aids on me. If anything, you poking more holes. You want me to die faster. Wow. So it literally feels that way when of and I know that it's like this for everybody. I think that, you know, women feel the same way when their vulnerabilities are weaponized. But, you know, because we're talking about men. <laughs> um, because it hurts. Yes. Like pain, pain. The reality of it is pain hurts. Pain hurts. Um have you ever heard of the syllabella? The what? Syllabellum. No. The syllabellum is the part of the brain that processes pain. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the part, it's, if somebody slapped you on your hand, slapped you in your face, it's the part that processes the pain. Yes, I thought you was, some, you know, I thought you was referring to a concert or something, Dries. I'm sorry, but go no. on. <laughs> and so I actually learned about the syllabellum through T.D. Jakes. And I looked it up and I researched it. It's the part of the brain that 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 um that processes pain. So, but the cerebellum doesn't know the difference between a slap or a slap or you were shot. It's all the same thing. It's what? pain. So, when people experience pain, they experience, like they experience pain. Nobody likes pain. And when you so when you take somebody vulnerability and you use it against them, guess what? It's almost like it's almost equivalent to you shooting them, stabbing them. Wow. And that's a long lasting pain. That pain can last a very long time. Like yeah, that. So is, guess, yeah, and that's so, a lot of trauma attached to that too. So guess what? So wow. If you've been shot before, I think you're gonna try to do everything in your power to try to try to avoid getting shot, right? A hundred percent. Right. So that's why people have a hard time opening back up. They're like, I don't want to get shot again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, trees. I'm going to take a moment to just let that because, wow. So you're right. I'm going to do everything in my power to never be shot again. So that means any person that reminds person who pulled that trigger i'm gonna stay far away from them yeah and so that goes to the other part of the brain the amygdala 
the amygdala is the part that the the amygdala is the part of the brain that detects danger. So I give you an example. Say you get out of bed mm-hmm. and you put your feet on the ground and you mm-hmm. land on the snake, right? Oh wow! Yeah, I'm with yep. you. And so, but your brain remembers that. It's Absolutely. now it's a part. It's a, so say the next day, you get out of bed, you put your feet on the ground, but this time you land on the broom, right? Mm-hmm. Your mind is going to react as if it was a snake from yesterday. Why? Because your amygdala remembers that. So what I'm saying is that your amygdala is the thing that detects danger, and it, and it, it locks in to to help you to remember that's dangerous right there. So what I'm saying is that the the amygdala doesn't necessarily process things. It's just when things look familiar, the amygdala is going crazy. That is so true. That is so true. And so, so do you think that's why? So, um, like that trigger i was just watching a sarah jake's um sermon about glory triggers and she was talking about basically that um reaction when your brain remembers something and when it encounters it again or it feels as if it has encountered it again it does go crazy and it does react in the same way or the same feelings that you felt in that moment um, resurfaces do you feel like um, that's why it's hard for men to move on and get into other healthy relationships because maybe there is a glimpse of the pain or, you know, the hard conversation, that the, the conversation that maybe hurt their feelings or pinpointed something about them they were already insecure about. Do you think that's why men have a, a time moving on because they might see a glimpse of that in someone else? But could it be that the the trigger of what it is distorts their vision or distorts what is truthfully happening? I, did I explain that right? Yeah. I mean, when you alarm and something looks familiar, you're going to put a hard you're going to put a hard pause to it cuz you're going like this looking real this looking real familiar. And and anybody that's going to be on guard when something has caused you pain and, and it's starting to look familiar to that. Yeah. Because you got the, because you got the, you got the fight, you got the flight and you got, um, the freeze, uh, uh, the freeze. Mm-hmm. And, and so three of those things are happening. Either you're going to fight, you're going, or you're going to run or you're going to freeze. And so a lot of times when people are trying to move forward, they, they find themselves in freeze. Mm-hmm. And they and they don't know how to move forward. This is why people say, "Man, I need to talk to I need to talk to somebody," because people find themselves in positions where I don't I want to move forward, but I don't know how to move forward because I got this blockage. And that's the amygdala that that's stopping me from wanting to move forward. Something it's like I'm afraid. Wow, that's good. And so, um, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage to want to trust again. So this is why marriage is not easy, because you got to forgive over and over and over and over again. And that's what makes and that's the hard part about marriage, forgiving over and over and forgiving to the point where you're not holding on. Mm-hmm. I mean, a clean sleep. Like that sounds good. And that sounds easy, but it's not easy giving people a clean sleep. They like, say you got to forgive somebody every day. If you anybody, let's just take anybody. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you spend seven days with somebody and they do something that really offend you and you forgive them every day, at some point you're gonna start to feel like 
yeah, I'm going to start feeling like you playing or you're not respecting what I have. You know, you're not respecting me or you're not respecting my mom. I'm going to feel like you're playing. And right. I don't like to feel but like I'm playing same, with at, But at the same time, that's the people don't realize that marriage is a learning process. And you you signed up to a learning process. You, you They're learning you. You're learning them. And it's a process. And people don't count the cost of the marriage. That the, like, like, It's going to take a lot of forgiveness. Oh, and I love what you said there. People don't count the cost of the process of marriage. That is, I think that's extremely accurate and that is true. I want to jump to another point here, um, like taking it back to what you said, that fight, flight, or freeze. I see that a lot in um, some men and they have kind of shared with me like this started from something that my mom said to me. Something that my grandma said to me, something that my sister said to me, like influential women in their lives spoke these things and they, when they see it in women, they either run away or they freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you speak to that? Like the importance of making sure that women are grandmas, like are safe spaces for their sons because that stuff shows up in their like teenage years and it carries on to their grown man years if they don't get the proper help like most people that grew up with a mom or some type of woman that nurtured them you got unconditional love from them and you have a son and so mm-hmm. you love your son unconditionally. It don't matter what your son you're going to love him regardless. Right. But, and so men, when they come from that, when they come from that, they they tend to want to find that again. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is that if a, if a woman has not trained herself to love unconditionally, then he can feel that. And he'll start to look at the situation like, like, wait, you throwing stuff in my face. I I been I come from a household of love. I know what it's like for somebody to care about me and love me. And they, they, they what they did do like throw stuff in people's faces. The ones that really love their sons. And That's so, true. And so when a woman starts throwing things in, in a man's face, he's looking like, hold up, Mama didn't do that. Mama right. loved me, but you saying you love me, but something ain't right here. You throwing stuff in my face. Right. That's it, true. It, you see, like, so people start making people start thinking like that. That's how men, like especially men that come from those backgrounds with their moms and grandmothers, you, you, they start looking at the women like your love don't remind me of uh, mama and, and and grandma. Oh, and you know what? That's a good point. Okay, so what happens when the mom was in survival mode for the entire duration that she raised her son? What happens when the mom or the grandma? you know, feels as if they're doing, you know, what they can, but what the love that they're giving is actually toxic. What happens when they're trying to uplift the sun, but they're, you know, doing it in a way that's toxic. And what I mean by that is I have heard uh, mothers tell their little boys, shut up, stop crying. You got to be a man. This baby is three years old now um, or four years old. Shut up, stop crying. You got to be a man. You got to do this. Men don't do this. Like they're referring to them as men and um, early letting them know like, hey, showing emotion is not okay. Like how does that show up 
in an older or a, a matured, in a way, male? Like, what's the importance of women being careful at the young age? You want to raise somebody that's emotionally intelligent. Ooh. And the more... Ooh. And the more that you tell him not to uh, show his feelings, show his emotion, you ra- you raise a, a, a angry person because the reality is nobody likes to express themselves. And guess what? It's going to come out in a different way. Like all this crime that you see in the world mm-hmm. is mostly from angry children, angry people that have not, have that have not received love in the proper way. Majority. I'm not saying all, but I am saying majority. Mm-hmm. They are angry inside, and they're finding different ways to express it. Hurt people hurt people. Broken people break people. Confused people confuse people. Wow. Hurt people, like I said, hurt people hurt people. Right. And so that's what, and that, and so that's what's being created when you don't allow somebody to express themselves. That's so true. That's so true. And uh, I hear exactly what you're saying. And especially the hurt people, hurt people, confuse people, confuse people, broken people, break other people. And the cycle continues. So it is extremely important that when men get to a certain age or they come to a realization like, okay, this is not good. Like, I need to get some help. Like, Speak on that because I don't think in our community <laughs> that men getting the proper help for their is praised as it should be. It's not encouraged. Um, and I think you spoke on this, you touched on this earlier, that men are usually the ones that can't cry. They can't show their vulnerabilities. They cannot, they have to work. They can't show that they're tired. They can't come and say, you know what? I'm not feeling 100% today. I need to take a rest. Like, they're expected to be the superhumans, which is, by the way, impossible. But they're expected to be these superhumans and not really take care of their well-being. So, as a man, can you speak to the importance of that? Can you really express like how much encouragement and support would help um, men who are emotionally like tired, emotionally drained, mentally at their wits end? Like, how much would that support and that push help them? Uh, uh man, a lot. Um. Men who are emotion emotionally drained, right? You saying? Mm-hmm. Or men who's just you know who who need who realize, hey, I've been toxic. I have not found a safe space, but they're in fear of what the women or not. I wouldn't even say the women, but what the people in their life would say about them wanting to prioritize their mental health and about them not wanting to be these quote unquote supermen all the time. I think that if you want to. Like not even relationship wise, just if you got a brother, if you got a, a a male friend that you realize is that like he's burnt out, like he haven't experienced love or safe place, the best thing you can do is prove to them, like people, people like people like that, men like that, they need to experience, they need to experience something real, 
and this is why a lot of times what the, the, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it also says that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. Yeah. All that and all those scriptures is really saying is that God is going to do something and he's going to show you that he's good. And so it's, and it's going to create a hunger for you to want to know him, want mm-hmm. to get close to him. So what I'm saying is that it's the little acts of love that you give towards somebody makes them want to know more wants to makes the one that makes them to it helps them to believe and so um i'm just saying this is for the people if you got anybody like that in your life that you know it's little acts of kindness little acts of love and that, that can be hard for women i i would say keep your distance because the reality of it is you got women that try to disciple men and it is that never goes well <laughs> oh Jesus, we, uh, that never goes well. Ooh, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna. Ooh, eat tricks. Okay, go on. But but, okay. either, but either way, what I'm saying is that an act, of, an act, one act of kindness goes a long way. And this is something I learned a long time ago. Um, the Bible says your gift will make room for you, right? Mm-hmm. That that word gift is not talking about your talent; it's talking about money. And so when it says it's going to make room for you, this is a, this is a principle that I discovered. I, I I would get little gift cards for people, and I would just give out gift cards, gift cards like little gift cards, nothing major, ten dollar gift card, twenty dollar gift card, thirty dollar mm-hmm. gift card. And I start realizing that when the more I give out these gift cards to different people, like it wasn't I gave it multiple times, it might give it one time, but it opened somebody up, right? Mm-hmm. The scripture says your gift will make room for you. When you give somebody something, it opens them up to you. That's true. And I and I learned that um, the hardest people—I mean, people that was hardest nails—and I had a track record of getting people that was hard. I mean, that has never been vulnerable. Vulnerable. And most people have shared with me. I have got them to the most open place they have ever been. But how did I do that? I. I did that through kindness and consistency. Yes. And I knew that for some people, it, for some people it took a year, for some people it took two years, for some people it took three years, but to be consistent with them. And I kind of take a pride in that. And people who never been open before being open with me. And because I, I experienced that, I do that. That's mm-hmm. with that because these people come to a place where they have never been this open before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, so what I'm saying is that I'm, I'm sharing what I do and what, what just some of what I did to help some of these people get open because people need to see that you care about them. When people see that you care about, they will open up to you or with you. But That's the, good. the reason people don't share the world because they feel like you and so, every, like, so what I'm saying is that these little gift cards has has was the beginning of opening a lot of people. And and, and I knew I knew I knew what it was going to do, and at the same time, it's a it's a responsibility on my end, right? And so, so what I'm saying is that. If you're going to decide to do that, you need to realize that this is a responsibility that you you, you you're, you're going to have. Yeah, you're because, taking that on. 
And I heard you say too about consistency. If you're, you're you're saying if you're gonna do it, be consistent and know that it probably won't happen overnight. If it does, great, but it probably won't. Yeah, and so and these people come to a place where they have these. They gotta think about it. For some of these people, this was their first time ever being open. This is their first time ever being able to share their inner thoughts, like intimacy, intimacy. Think about the word intimacy. You get to see into me. Intimacy. You get to see into me. These people have that. They allowed me to see into them, the deepest room. Mm-hmm. And when people open up to you like that, you gain influence. That's true. And when you gain influence, you are able to lead and guide people. That is so true. That is so true. And make sure you're leading and guiding them the godly the right, way. In the uh, right exactly. Way. And so the right direction. So, so just make sure your heart is in the right place. Oh, that's good. Because if not, it'll backfire. And so, um, that's why I said, that's why I think more men need to reach out. Uh, need to. I tried my best to do that for men. Um, because the reality of it is, when, especially when it comes to a man, like, it's more easy to talk open than a man. A woman, you could, I could talk to her in like 15, 20 minutes and she'll start to feel comfortable. A man, he needs to see consistency. He need to see what you about what you're about. And so right. it's going to be some time before he open up. That's true. That's true. And so you're saying that it's good for men to find other men um, as leaning posts in safe spaces. Yeah. Like people can, and women, like for instance, like there was a girl that pointed me in the right direction to somebody that is, is, is a great, a great friend to me to this day. Yeah. And guess what? It was a woman that pointed me to him. Yes, and I want to emphasize it was a woman that pointed you to a good man, a man that can help you. Uh, and this may be controversial, but I don't, it doesn't make me no never mind. Um, I believe that there is some women who, you know, the Lord sends and they gift with certain abilities to be able to assist in the growth of men. But as far as core character and, and building up, these men it takes a man because a man knows the language of a man um yeah. a woman does not necessarily have the language of a man a woman has a language for a woman and i believe that i i, I am willing to die on the hill that women cannot as you say disciple men you just cannot do it you can't teach him how to be one you cannot you can tell him all day that this is what I've heard, this is what I've experienced, but I think it's something special about when a man takes another man under his wing and when he is discipled properly, loved properly, and shown God's grace and love from a fatherly standpoint is something that i've seen in work and i've seen it i've seen men without it and you can see the difference it it it, it is powerful so i want to emphasize what you just said there like she led you to someone yeah and the great they can't do it but it i don't think i don't i don't think the effectiveness will be there and i but i you know i, I ain't gonna get on that conversation so that's that's gonna be a whole nother topic Greece. that's gonna be a whole nother 30 minutes but yeah Go on, Audrey. You know what? I want you to talk about um, you and your first time receiving like love, like a, a hug, and, and explain that reaction and and how that resonated with you and played a part, you know, in you and, and where you are today. 
Yeah. Um. The first time I I think I I I, I received a real hug. I feel like it was when I first came to church. Um, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't go to church. Didn't know nothing about church. Like one day I got invited to church, and that was the same day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But it was a guy named Deacon, there, and he hugged me. A older guy, senior, and he hugged me, and he looked at me, man, and he just and he was like, "Man, I love you," and he gave me some encouraging words. But hey. Um, when he hugged me, I, I felt like, and I looked at him, I said, man, I think this man really cares about me. And I, I never felt that before. And so even though I said that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior that day, and the word was good, I came back more so for the hug than it was the word. And that's how powerful uh, a hug, not just a hug, because anybody can hug you. But I'm talking about when you can sense genuine care genuine care mm -hmm. from somebody and because you we all out here this like many of us we greet people and be like hey what's up with you and we say how you doing but how many of us really mean it like it's just we just pass people we just pass people by every day mm -hmm. and we speak to people and but how many how many people really care about what's going on with you right and, and we're kind of programmed to know that all right this is what people do they supposed they're supposed to ask you how you doing well, how many people really sit Stop back to hear? That's good. Stop and figure out what's what's really going on with you. That's good. And it's a blessing to be able to have people that really care about you, like That's good. your emotional well-being. And if you don't got no no people in your life that care about your emotional well-being, I just, I just encourage you to find some people. Get around some people. Even get a therapist. Get to start off somewhere. That's good. That's good. And um, like, just because you need that. You need that. It's essential. Like think about like so. How many times we've we seen somebody kill themselves or something bad or yeah, somebody kill themselves and we'd be like, oh my god, we had no idea that that person was going through all that. But didn't even ask. Like, didn't genuinely people, ask. We all know how to put a mask on. That's good. And one of the things, I, I hate masks, though, because my thing is take the mask off. But I get it. It's easy to put the mask on because when you feel like nobody cares, you just go go about business like every day. Like, like this is just, this is just what it is. This is life. That's so true. That's so true. And I just experienced that not too long ago. And I, everybody's on this girl's page, and they were saying, we had no idea. You were so happy. You were so loving. You were these things, and I was like, that's so sad. It's very sad, and that's unfortunate. And it made me also, because I'm that friend. I'm going to randomly text you and ask you how you're doing. And if I text you too many times and I, and I ask you how you're doing, and you give me a, oh, I'm good, I'm great, every time I ask you that, I'm going to go ahead and be like, listen, I'm going to ask you how you doing. Don't give me no basic answer. Like, and and usually they because they know me and because I've built that consistency and I've built that trust and because I have, you know, proven myself with my consistency and my genuineness, they usually go ahead and let me know. And then some people I text, they just spill it all out to me the first time. <laughs> but I'm there to listen each time. Like, I try to make it a priority to me that I do that. 
because it's important. Andres, you good about that too. You you ask how you doing, and then you will wait to listen to see the response, and you navigate the conversation based off that. And I I have saw that about you, and that that's a great value, and I I value the friendship because of like you really you one of those people who genuinely care about people, and you know in a day and age like this, that's hard. <laughs> That's hard to find. So you you are definitely like the best when it comes to that. And I also, Dries, before we go, want to give you an opportunity um, to let the people know how they can stay connected with you. Because like I said before, you're a gem and people can really learn a lot from you, draw a lot from your wisdom. You have a gift of wisdom, you have life experience also, but you got a gift of wisdom, and you're hilarious, and you raw. Like you, you are honest, open, and transparent. The people need to know how they can stay in contact with you. Uh, thank you, thank you. It's 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 simple. It's very easy. Uh, all my social platforms are the same. Uh, it's my name, Idris, spelled I D R I S, Bolton, B O L T O N, and that's my. Uh, I'm on all social platforms at my name yes y'all heard it go ahead and give him a follow because you will not regret it like certain people are used in the earth to carry out the the truth in love of the lord and this man is one of them for real um Udris, i appreciate you for coming on um and sitting on the virtual couch today at the safe space being our first guest Oh, thank you. Uh, no problem. No problem. I'm so glad you started. Yes, me too, Jesus. <laughs> me too. It's been a long road. <laughs> but we are here. You are awesome. Thank you so much for yielding your gifts um, and, and your time to the virtual couch. And we're going to bring you back because Dries is uh, amazing with the words. And we're going to get him back to talk more about relationships later on down the line and get into it because he be getting into it. <laughs> you do, you do. So again, make sure y'all follow him on every platform at Idris Bolton and make sure y'all hit follow on the Safe Space channel, Spotify, Apple um, podcast. Y'all make sure y'all follow us because next week, we are keeping it going. Um, the virtual couch is going to be jumping yet again with another co-host, another guest. And we are so excited because, listen, what happens at the safe space stays at the safe space. Y'all can sit with us. There is room for you here. Okay. Y'all have a good, 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 good week. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night however you're listening and we love y'all until next time